Welcome to Intentional Box Season 2, Episode 10. I'm Lou Landers. Find me on Twitter at Landers Talks. Find all my baseball content at my website, drrodo.com. Show also brought to you by drrodo.com. I'm joined here by my co host, Mark Mancini. Mark, let everyone know where they can find all your work and what you're up to these days. Well, XM203, Sirius 217, WWDBAM860 out of Philly. Um, doing the pirate podcast in Atlanta, all these other cities, but man, I get excited with Mondays and I tell you, people want to get me on my website, mark-mancini.com. That's where you can find me too. So, you know uh, what? I haven't checked that website out. I didn't even know you had it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go check it out when we, when we finish recording, I'm sure it's great. So I recommend it to everyone. Uh, Mark, lots to talk about here today. New MLB schedule, wildcard races, Divisional races. We'll start with the new schedule for 2023. Each team's going to play 52 total games against divisional opponents. That's 24 games less from the 76 that have been played against divisional opponents for a very long time. Each team will play 26 home games, 26 road games versus those divisional opponents. It's interleague play, though, that really changes the most in 2023. Prior to 2023, including this year, uh, teams were playing just 20 interleague games a season. Now it's going to bump all the way up to 46. And I got to say, I love this because... It really makes things more balanced, something we've needed in Major League Baseball teams. Not going to be able to benefit as much from being in a weaker division. I'm talking to you, NL and AL Centrals at this point. Um, teams who play in tougher divisions like the NL and AL East, for instance, will get a chance to play more weak teams. I think this is a really good job by Major League Baseball. And of course, the highly in, um, talked about topic of NLDH. Well, if you didn't like it before, you got to like it now because with the NLDH and with the universal DH, it allows for this to be done. Well, I'll tell you, you hit it right on the button there, my brother. And when I looked at this, I kind of looked at college football. You know, I didn't need to see a Nebraska beat up a Pacific 60-something and nothing every year. If you're going to be a top 10 team, play a top 10 schedule. Now we get in baseball where we get a balance. If you're not going to give me the rivalries, if you're not going to give me the Phillies and Pirates, uh, you know, uh, and the and the Pirates and Tigers and the Pirates and in, 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 uh, Guardians in proximity of each other, then get, then get a schedule where I can see these teams. Case in point, the A's haven't been in Pittsburgh since I've been to Pittsburgh in 20-something years, and now you'll get to see the A's in Pittsburgh every other year. If you're a transplanted guy from Oakland, this is great. You don't have to drive to Cleveland or Detroit or Toronto to see them. You can see them in your backyard. Now we're going to get to see and showcase the talents across the league. Judge and, and, and Stanton come into Dodger Stadium next year. The hated Astros with Verlander and Bregman and Altuve come in. This is going to be great for baseball. I was tired, Lou, of the Orioles and Rays playing 30 times and the Nationals and Mets. I tuned that right off. This is what I like, and I'm glad they did it. Yeah, we'll talk about the Mets and Braves in a little bit, but I do want to say, even the Phillies, those are all very good teams. I'm not taking anything away from them, but getting to face Washington and Miami so many times is a serious advantage. Uh, if you're Houston, Seattle, getting to face the Angels and even Texas, the A's, so many times is a big advantage. We talked about the AL and NL Centrals. Big advantages. I mean, your points are well taken as well with um, you know teams or fans getting to see more players. That's great. But to me, the biggest uh, advantage and the biggest gain here is for Major League Baseball, just the ability to 
have things a little more balanced because look at the AL East right now. I mean, are you telling me that Boston in another division couldn't be in a wild card spot right now, but they're clearly the worst team in that AL East. They could be the number two team in other divisions though. No, no doubt about it. You're right. Now the only advantage is whether you're playing these teams at home or you're playing them on the road and that's going to be the only advantage. So it's going to balance out real good. I like the way it is. People, the traditionalists don't like it because they don't like the interleague. I like the interleague. I've always liked that. that that's the only thing I like from Bud C League implemented. Well, that's now, another thing, though. Having interleague play makes things more balanced, too, because many years, one league is typically stronger than the other. And if you, you know, the NL seems to be very top heavy, where the AL is a little more balanced. Uh, and in those National League, all those good teams get to beat up on so many bad teams. In the American League, sure, there's some bad teams, but not as many. It's, you know, the American League has more good teams right now. And having to face more American League teams versus National League teams is a disadvantage for American League teams. So we're really going to see who are the best teams, not who's the best just because of the division that they play in. No doubt about it. You, 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 you've sized this up perfect. All right, we'll move things on. Speaking of that wild card race in that AL East, uh, the worst team in the division was supposed to be Baltimore. Well, it's not. They're sticking around. Not only are they sticking around, but the team they have the best chance of catching at this point is the Toronto Blue Jays. And they're going to face the Jays seven times between now and September 7th. So that gives the Orioles a chance to make up a lot of ground just on the Blue Jays. And in between those series, they have it pretty easy. Oakland, Boston, Washington. This team really cannot be counted out, especially with that schedule. And they finish the season with three more games versus the Jays. So if they can keep things within one and a half to three games going into that final series even, anything is possible. Uh, nine more games against the Toronto Blue Jays is a very big deal. Well, not only that, we thought, you know, my Pirates had a bad stretch of playing all these playoff teams in Atlanta and Philly and Milwaukee and then coming home and playing Toronto and the Mets and uh, Cardinals. But it's going to get interesting with Toronto and Baltimore down the stretch here. And we'll find out what the White Sox are doing in, in, in Cleveland. You know, Mark, with the White Sox, I really thought they'd make a, a push here in August and into September, but they're actually just falling further behind. I mean, Minnesota's even falling further behind, but at least they're sticking around. Like, Cleveland hasn't even impressed me all that much, but that's again, goes back to what we were talking about with the schedules, man. I mean, Cleveland gets to face these teams that aren't really that all that good and it indicative of the record that they have. I'm not saying they can't beat a good team, but I mean, if Cleveland were to win that division, I like whoever the sixth seed is in the American League in that wild card spot to take out Cleveland in the first round. I just don't think Cleveland's all that good. They're the best team in their division, but I think they're probably the seventh or eighth best team in the American League. Well, not only that, the, the thing with Cleveland you got to watch out for is they got pitching, and you know that pitching could could come in, into fruition here in the playoffs, and good pitching will stop good hitting. So. If they can get themselves on track... They definitely, Mark, in a three-game series where every game would be in Cleveland, it definitely does give them a nice advantage. The shorter the series, the more that top-end pitching really makes a difference. Like, I don't think it's going to happen necessarily, but imagine having to face the Mets in a three-game series, having to deal with DeGrom and Scherzer. You probably don't even, even get to game three, you know? Well, so. not only that, as this thing gets, uh, you know, longer and longer to get to the World Series... 
good luck trying to take out the Houston Astros, who have six starters over there. Yeah. They well, I did see Verlander left a game with an injury yesterday, so I'm not sure how serious it is, but that could be a concern. That could be a major loss for the Astros if it's something serious or if it's not as serious but affects his effectiveness. No doubt about it. Yeah, you're right. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're lucky that they don't need him down the stretch. Same with their closer, Ryan Presley. I was highlighting this on my Saturday show, Lucas Baseball, with my co-host Lucas Beery, also a member of DrOdo.com. And we were talking about Presley. He's had a couple injuries this year. Montero stepped in and been wonderful. But the Astros are fortunate enough to have the division lead they have, basically insured by, probably insured the first seed even in the American League because of the Yankee struggles which we'll get to shortly as well uh, they have the advantage to be able to not rush these guys back give Verlander give Presley an extra week um, put Verlander on the injured list even if you don't think it's that serious give these guys rest because you're really going to need them in October you don't need them down the stretch because of how well you've positioned yourself no no doubt about it and uh but the Astros with Baker and, the, and that quartet over there, man, is going to be very dangerous come playoff time. They the certainly will be. Is, yeah, the interesting thing is, uh, beware, you know, going back over to the National League, these Cardinals mean business, man. They can beat you in more ways than one. Just look at last night, what they did to the Braves. Very good team. I wish Kenley Jansen had a real tough, uh, had a real tough series against the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about the Cardinals a little bit right now, actually, and then some about the Braves, too. Uh, Speaking of the Cardinals, the National League, the Padres are a team I've really been watching closely because obviously since that Tatis Jr. news, um, you know, we've been watching and they made the trade for Bell and Soto. Not that it hasn't worked out, but they haven't really taken off like we would have expected them to. And sure, they can probably hold off Milwaukee. I'll get to that in a moment. But they are slipping behind the Phillies a little bit. They're in a playoff spot still. That lead over the Brewers just one and a half games. And the Brewers are not a good team. We both agree that they're pretenders. We've talked about it for a while now. And they're certainly not as good as the Padres are. But the Brewers division, going back to that schedule, being as weak as that NL Central is aside from the Cardinals, the Brewers have an opportunity to stay in this race. The Padres could hold off Milwaukee. And I expect them to. But they've falling behind the Phillies for the fifth spot in the NL. They're two and a half games back. It's not insurmountable, but one could argue maybe, I'm not saying they're losing on purpose, and you might disagree because of your thoughts on St. Louis, and I do think St. Louis is good, but being that sixth seed could be better than being the fifth seed because no series in the playoffs is going to be easy. But if I'm the Padres, I'd rather go to St. Louis in round one than go face what looks like right now the Atlanta Braves in round one. Both teams are tough. Don't get me wrong. I'm not counting out the Cardinals. They're a good team. But the Braves are the world champs, and they scare me more if I'm the opponent. So the sixth seed might actually be more ideal, and you could say that in the American League too. I mentioned it. Not that Cleveland's an easy out, but I'd rather take on Cleveland than Tampa, Toronto, or Seattle if I'm the sixth seed. Right, and the problem here is that the, the, the Padres have gone to St. Louis, and that's been a house of horrors for years. I can remember what covering the team in 96. The Cardinals have something over the Padres, uh, you know, in, when it comes to playoff time and even the regular That season. may be so, but it's really hard to go back that far. We're talking like 26 years right, right. and look at the, but, their, know, their struggles the then. I think, I think, first of all, the Brewers sent a message in the trading deadline getting rid of Hayter, even though Hayter's had a rough go of it in San Diego so far. They sent a message that we're not serious. They're six games behind the Cardinals. They're not going nowhere. 
I told you that on the show. No, they're not coming close in that division anymore. And we expected St. Louis to pull away, but they're hanging around in the wild card because the Padres just can't play consistent baseball. Well, the, the, the Brewers and Giants are definitely going home for the playoffs. The real question is here is when do the Padres want to get this thing untracked here? When do they want to circle the wagons and go, guys, forget about catching the Dodgers. Forget about all these other things. Let's concentrate on getting our guys for the next three, four weeks in shape here so we can go to one of these cities, whether it's Atlanta and St. Louis, and take these guys out, and then we'll roll it against the Dodgers. I would hold the cards closer to the vest right now in the next three to four weeks if I'm the Padres. Yeah, they just can't afford to go on any sort of major losing streak because the Brewers, although not good, are going to have easier matchups. I mean, it's we're talking about if the Padres were to go 5-5 five and five in their 10 games and the Brewers were to go 6-4, and four, they're only half a game out and there's still weeks left, you know? So the Padres still have to play good baseball. Even though we don't think the Brewers are good, they have that schedule built in, that weak division, that allows them an opportunity. And by the time they play the Cardinals again, uh, the Cardinal, if they even do, I'm sure they do. The Cardinals might be in position where they're like, well, we can't gain, we can't move out of the third spot here. And they might, you know, rest a guy here or there, skip a starter here or there. They might be playing for October by then. So they might even be an easier chance for the Brewers. So that is something you have to keep in mind. Um, again, I think we can both agree Padres on paper, far superior team, but the lead yeah, is small the enough. I mean, the, the Brewers are as far out from the Padres as the Orioles are from Toronto. We're not counting the Orioles out. Right. And, and, and look at the Phillies in this equation. The Phillies took, you know, they beat up on the Pirates 5 of 6 this year. I mean, they've been wrapping up on the Nationals. But the Phillies can't beat the Mets, you know. And, and, and we'll find out what the Phillies can do with the Braves and, and some of these other teams. I think the Phillies... You know, even if they get in there, they're going home right away because they just don't have the pitching to carry them down the stretch. Uh, yeah, they're probably the worst of the playoff teams if it were to start today. But if Wheeler is healthy, and I know he's banged up a little bit, and Nola, uh, that's a pretty good one too. They're they're a team that could be scary in that best of three because of those two guys, and we know they can hit. Their their issues go back to what we've been talking about for years about the Phillies: bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. <laughs> exactly. And fail the, uh, you know, capitalize on that. They're going to have to do something during the off season. They're going to have to get a reputable guy that can close games, uh, and that'll be the big thing. I know the big thing during the off season is premier shortstops. Do the Phillies or some of these teams go after a premier shortstop? Korea can opt out. Bogarts can opt out. Turner's going to be a free agent. Swanson's a free agent. Oh yeah, there's lots of. Uh... That there's lots of shortstops coming out there, and I was talking on my show with your buddy uh, Scott Morganroth on the Tuesday show we do, 108 uh, Stitches Baseball, that I could see a team like Baltimore and Seattle, who you don't think of as teams that are going to go out there and pay big money, both adding a really good shortstop because they could both use it, and they're both clearly coming. You know, they're, they're close. Seattle should be in. Baltimore might get in, but they're certainly going to be expected to compete next year. So, uh, you know, we might see some surprise signings from those two teams. Definitely. And, yeah, that's a great show you guys do uh, on uh, Tuesdays, man. Keep well, up the good pr- appreciate it. Let's move over back to the American League and the Yankees. Their division lead. Is it 
enough. They started slipping. They went on a five-game uh, winning streak, finally took two from the Mets, which was big, but then lost the final two in Oakland, games they probably shouldn't have lost. The Jays have slipped back again, but Tampa enters today seven and a half out. It's not a big lead. It's not a small lead. But the Rays and Yankees match up six times in the next two weeks. If Tampa wins four of six or even more, we could see a tight division race down the stretch in the AL East. Now, of course, a split of the six games would make it pretty tough for Tampa. They wouldn't gain any ground. If the Yankees can take four of six or more, they'll more than likely wrap the division up. But what seemed like a lock three, four weeks ago, Mark, no longer even close to a lock. And it's not just about the division. The Yankees are also in a spot where they have a bye right now. If they were to fall out of the division, it could affect Cleveland or Tampa in terms of who might get a first round buy. And of course, the overall standings, the Yankees could fall so far back if they don't win the division, they might have to go on the road and take on a team in the first round in a best of three rather than having a buy to the division series. So uh, I don't think they're going to slip, but if Tampa gets hot and can beat them head to head, again, four of six, and we have about a five game lead. So anything's possible here. Well, not only that, the Yankees have shown me on this road trip, they're struggling in Oakland. They're in Anaheim tonight. I mean, these are teams you got to put away. The Angels, uh, you know, took out Toronto in a three-game sweep. Uh, and Toronto hasn't beaten the Angels there in like 10 years. Uh, so, you know, th- this is interesting to note that these bottom feeder teams seem to own you. you gotta, you got to beat these teams. And when yeah. I see the Yankees... The Yankees, it's like, a bad time for the Yankees to slide after those two games in Oakland the past two nights taking on the Angels, uh, going into L.A., taking on the Angels, who are actually coming off a big series. We know the Angels aren't good, but if their bats get hot, they can be a difficult team. Getting Mike Trout back definitely helps. Yeah, and, you know, teams own teams. When you look at baseball, and you and I have been looking at it for years and years, you know, the Rays own the Red Sox, the Astros own the Angels, you know, and it just seems to me that every time the Yankees either play the A's or the Angels, they have problems, it seems like. During the Especially on the road. They struggle when they go out west, the Yankees. They always have in, in my lifetime. Yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable. And, and, you know, when when you see this balanced schedule that we were talking about, the Yankees will be coming out to play the Dodgers next year in a three-game series in the first week of June. So this is this is interesting. You got to be able to take. The, I don't know what it is. It's a time zone change or what, but they don't play respectively well when they come out west. No, they don't, and it's not just them. But we're highlighting them at the moment. One more big topic I do want to discuss. And we've mentioned them both briefly: the Braves and the Mets. You look at the Braves; they're three games back. The two teams play at the end of September, so anything that's a three-game lead or less would certainly still be wide open for either team at that point, which is probably good because it means they'll be playing meaningful baseball right till the end of the season. But you're looking at the next 10 to 14 days, okay? The Braves, they get it pretty light. They got the Rockies for three, the Marlins for three, the A's for two. But for the Mets, it's also pretty light. Now, they get the Dodgers for three, but after that, they get Washington, Pittsburgh, Miami, the Cubs, and then the Pirates again. That's five straight series against bottom feeder teams. And if the Mets can take care of business versus those bad teams, they should be able to maintain or even increase their lead heading into the final couple weeks of the season. So to me, as much as the Braves have a pretty good schedule, unless they make up ground and they get lucky, the Dodgers can sweep the Mets or something, the Mets should be able to beat up on Washington, Pittsburgh, Miami, and the Cubs. No, you're definitely right. And and that's where they're going to have to get on track here. I mean, 
you got to be able, you can't let this thing look like 1978 when you were the team that took down the Red Sox in that 14 game lead in September. No, you certainly don't want that. Um, and again, I, I, it's, it's tough to say because I want to say I like the Braves more if they team, these teams were to meet in the playoffs. But I don't know if I can say that anymore because when you have DeGrom and Scherzer, assuming they're healthy, of course, I mean, can any team in Major League Baseball beat those two guys if they have to face them twice in, in a series? I'm not sure that they do. No, that's the thing, and you're you're right. When you look at this, I think with scary teams in the when American League is the Angels, the Rays are coming on, the Jays. Who knows? You don't want to draw the Orioles. Anything can happen when you start to play teams like the Orioles on House Money or the Padres in the National League. Any anything can happen. You throw out that big twenty game lead that you built up in the regular season that goes out the window real fast. Oh, oh of course, and the Dodgers without Walker Bueller. Can as good as Gonsolin has been, is he going to be that dominant come playoff time? We don't know. But with the Mets, again, Degrom and Scherzer. I mean, you would probably you would let's say you're playing that seven game series because I think the Mets are going to be in the division series. Um, it's a big advantage for them to have Degrom and Scherzer, of course, going there. But you get to a seven game series against the Mets, you get Degrom, Scherzer, game one and two. And then potentially on short rest for game four and five, but certainly by game five and six, you got to deal with them again. I mean, even if you beat those guys once, that's still three wins in the Mets' pocket in, in, in a series. I mean, I don't think the Mets are the best team in the National League or in Major League Baseball, but they might be a favorite for a World Series just because of those two guys. I mean, that's why they spent that money and went out and got Max Scherzer. Yeah, that's going to be tough to beat. And you got Carrasco, you got Bassett over there. It's going to get interesting. The Mets are another one that's been slipping a late. They're trying to hold the Braves off. We're going to have an interesting three, four weeks here, my friend. We will. But again, that schedule they have is pretty, pretty favorable. No, no doubt about it. So, you know, but you never know, you know, with a failure schedule or what, some of these teams can come in there and knock you off your perch. When yeah. you're thinking they're a bottom feeder. I mean, my, my Yankees, man, coming into the week, I was like, all right, they might get swept by the Mets. They might split the two games, but they should take three or four or four or four from Oakland. They end up sweeping the Mets and then splitting with Oakland. So that's baseball. You just really ne never know. Yeah. So you're absolutely right there, man. No doubt about it, man. I can't wait to see this thing. Yeah, wow. very, very exciting stuff we got going on in baseball, man. I just love it. And, of course, football around the corner, but... Um, you know, until football even starts, baseball center stage. And even then, September, I mean, you can't really look that much into what's going on in the NFL through a few weeks. But September, most exciting time for baseball. That additional wild card spot being added coming into the year really changes things, really opens up these races. Uh, no doubt about it, man. All I'm right. Well, give me some final thoughts here before we wrap up. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's going to be a big weekend coming up here. The Dodgers will host a... Padres and Giants trying to bring that magic number down to single digits. Uh, we The Astros will be out in Anaheim playing the Angels. Your Yankees are in Anaheim starting tonight, like I said. And the Pirates will continue their stretch of playing uh, six straight playoff uh, teams. Uh, they're in Milwaukee tonight, and then they'll come home and play a nine-game homestand with Toronto, the Mets, and the Cardinals. And I can't wait to do this in two weeks. 
I know we're taking off Labor Day uh, next Monday, but uh, might be able to squeeze man, in a show midweek next week. But certainly yeah, we'll be back two that. Mondays from now. I, I love it, man. I gotta get my uh, kryptonite doing this thing with you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Great stuff awesomeness and uh, i want to thank of course everyone for tuning in today to intentional balk lou landers with mark mancini have a great week and we will catch you next time